0: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum.
1: I'm going to give the audience what I think they want. They
0: want chasing, their car
1: crashing. They want the cops to bend the rules to get the job done. They want the boy to get the girl. They want the good guy to win. They want the bad guy to die. Hopefully in the biggest explosion the budget will allow. But most importantly, Senator, they want to walk into a theater and for 90 minutes forget the fucking mess that you have left of this nation.
0: Go get your bubblegum.
1: Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker.
0: Hello and welcome back to All Out of Bubblegum, the podcast. Today, we just have Stein and Brandon. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm
1: doing, doing okay.
0: Right on. Well, today we are talking about Man on Fire, uh, in particular the scott glenn and denzel washington versions uh man on fire not being a Ringo Lam limb film but having a very similar title to his prison on fire city on fire styles
1: it just sound like it there should be a hong kong man on fire that's like yeah why did they not end up using that title so the
0: the overall story of man on fire is basically a, like an X. Ex- Special forces or something sort of individual
1: uh, ends up being a
0: bodyguard to a young girl, and she gets kidnapped, and it's his um, kind of vengeance slash um, recovery mission. The rest of the movie, so very commando esque, I guess, in a way.
1: Yeah, uh, the well, searchers, that kind of thing. You know, it's based on a on a book. If you, yeah. It's uh, A.J. Quinnell, which is a which is a pen name of Philip Nicholson. Uh, he wrote. And
0: the Creasy character is in multiple stories in the books. As far yeah, as I understand. There's
1: five Creasy books, as far as I understand. And, um, yeah, he, Creasy is uh, French. He was French Foreign Legion in the books, I think. And um, okay. this is the first of the, the five. So I don't know if there was ever. Um, plans to, like, uh, adapt the other other f- four to be sequels to the Scott Glenn movie. Because, I guess, spoilers, if you've seen the Denzel Washington one and know that one, and most people have watched that one and know that one rather than the Glenn one, the Glenn one has a different ending, as does the does the book, obviously.
0: Yeah. Going in, you I assume both of you watched the... Uh the Washington the Tony Scott film first
1: right yeah yeah uh no actually when i i watched these i watched the the Glenn one first okay back in like 2009 or something when i found out about it and i i didn't watch the the Scott one until a bit later cuz yeah i was not into the Scott well, Scott Glenn no Tony Scott sorry we found out what's going to be my mistake in this episode because <laughs> so I'm going to mix those two up the whole episode. Um, yeah, the Tony Scott one. I didn't. I didn't get to that one later. I. I was really not into Tony Scott at the period, and then I. We're going to get into that, but uh, yeah, I, then I rediscovered Tony Scott, and loved him. So, I
0: had seen. I went and watched the Tony Scott film in theaters when it came out. I did not know it was a remake. It was not advertised as such. Um, so no, why would yeah. it? And 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 the original film is sort of it's it's almost like a lost media type movie. There was no DVD release or anything, so it was it's something that I think a lot of people missed out on. When I finally rewatched it, I watched it only knowing going in that there was going to be a musical cue that was used in Die Hard, and I was okay. sitting there going, "Oh, well, am I going to hear it?" and it's all over the movie they play it over and over you'll hear it over and over it's this uh, swelling string score that you get at the end of Die Hard when he meets up with Officer Al Powell when he first sees him it's the music that plays during that scene Oh, that's yeah, and, the, and they they play it. It's sort of the main motif of Man on Fire. You'll just keep hearing it.
1: All right. Well, it's there's not the same. Um composer on both those No, I
0: think it was probably a temp track and they just kept
1: it in. All right. Well, I don't know who did the score for Man on Fire, the original. Uh, I just know it's shot yeah. in Italy. Oh, so, it's a, uh, and it's a gorgeous
0: movie. They're like, every every other shot is gorgeous. they're oh, like, let's go film in this, this gorgeous place or this gorgeous place. <laughs>
2: like the bathroom and the the um the gay cinema yeah gorgeous
1: yeah. <laughs> well th- th- those are the best part i don't know what you're talking about because i think that it takes about an hour until there's like any really great shots in this almost but i think the first first half of it looks very flat i
0: think uh every other scene is it's lit with uh like a warm sunrise pouring into the windows
1: there is some that is true there are some nice sunrises but stuff like when they're running and cycling through the Italian countryside I was like you're really making this Italian countryside look dull i i thought it was uh, crazy good looking and
0: then even down to the they go to a just the shot composition of when they go to the the place at the end of the film where he's banging all no, the like
1: all the the trucks and stuff yeah, the nights the night stuff I loved, but I
2: thought most of the day scenes were really flat. Also,
0: an interesting use of slow motion in this film.
2: I didn't really notice the slow motion. Can you give an example. No. Uh, I was going to say the same. But I don't
0: remember. The, the, right after when the when the police find him and and Sam, I mean that whole shot is all. It's an extended shot, and it's all slow motion. A no,
1: one long long tracking yeah. shot. At the yeah, end.
0: And, and the film opens that way too, but it's just like they just do this kind of—I don't know—it's very atmospheric.
2: Yeah, the atmosphere is a big mm-hmm. plus for the 1987 version, especially once this uh, roaring rampage of revenge and rescue begins. It has this grimy and slimy atmosphere to it that really kind of elevates the film.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's it's pretty oppressive, because and it's good because it does a lot for me, but it. I think the movie has um, a lot of elements that don't work necessarily, but I still really enjoy the movie. Like, I don't think that the girl necessarily works. I don't think she's a very good actress. She's very oh, no. shy. Um, she's trying, and, and she's, you know, kind of adorable in a way. Like Dakota Canyon. I mean, it's just not fair to compare somebody to her, but who who's so good, so precocious. And,
1: and just... Uh, they like denzel Washington and Dakota fanning have have really great chemistry together, yeah. And, and yeah, they do not in this movie, no, I mean i you you do feel there's a scene
0: where he's at the goes to the wedding and then and they they mistake her for his kid, and you get that a little bit, you would not get that in like the Washington version <laughs> no <of him. laughs> for for different reasons, but. Um, just their dynamic is different, even though they they sort of do the same thing with the relationship between Creasy and the mother. Uh, what's her name? Roda Mitchell just keeps coming in to his room mm. wearing like a sexy outfit every other night. You're like, what is going on here? But they don't play it up. It's just there. It just keeps happening. I don't know if that's just a Tony Scottism, but it's very weird. Yeah. Where in the original, it's like, oh, that's kind of part of the, the daughter Creasy dynamic where she kind of gets jealous of her mom and him.
2: Yeah. For a little bit of historical context, this film was set during the years of lead in Italy, which is like the 60s, 70s, 80s period for Italy, when there was a lot of political violence, a lot of kidnappings, bombings, strikes, terrorist incidents. And um, so it's not a war film by any means, but it still has this kind of like political background to it that like makes it more realistic and like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see this happening in Italy in the 80s. Yeah, it's why they had to, set it
0: somewhere else for the, the remake because by the yeah. by the 2000 that was well over
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: i guess i should we should talk about the the villains a little bit because one thing that i i like is i like, like danny aiello and what he represents even though he's a little more like new york italian that's the feeling i get when i whenever he talks whereas uh in the in the remake there's not really good villains it's just sort of vague kidnappers. With the main guys, even they just call him the voice.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no equivalent of like the Danny Aiello character in the in the remake.
0: But uh, yeah, uh, I the other thing is I, I really like this era of Scott Glenn, where you're just like he doesn't even seem like he's in the right decade. He never felt like that. Go back to the challenge, and you're going. This guy still feels like. I don't know, like 1972 or something. You just you just not feel right. But uh I I don't know.
1: I've yeah, got I mean, a soft spot for him. When when he's got that beard and the glasses at the start of the f- first half of the film, it's just looking sort of like what alternate universe John Lennon yeah. or,
0: <laughs> or like a nerdy Chuck Norris. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's like I, it's really a, like weird in a way in the first half where I just but like, why, why are you looking like that? You, you definitely, I don't know, it just didn't really work for me that he,
2: he looked like such a fucking dork. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Scott Glenn, you know, he's okay in this. He does kind of capture that kind of melancholy and that trauma of the character. So I thought he did pretty well.
0: Well, he's a guy that definitely has uh, post-traumatic stress, and he, he hold, has these flashbacks and things. Um, I'm not really, it's, it's a lot more vague with Denzel Washington. You're going, what is this guy's deal? And he, he has his nights where he's just up drinking and, and wigging out in his room, which is across the, the way from Dakota Fanning. The only time she ever sees him, he's just like, hi, hi, I'm being nice. I tried to free a bird. And, and good thing she didn't look out there when he was in his room, sticking his tongue out and wagging his head around.
1: (laughs) Just vomiting out the window, <laughs> out downing a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. The scenes you didn't see. Because does he say that? Is that scene in this one where Scott Glenn's like, I have a drinking problem? Um, it's just not in this version. Yeah, I
0: don't know if they said that. Um, yeah, I don't recall. Because they, they go out of their way to excuse why they would hire him in the, in the Tony Scott film. They say it's, you know, they're... they're they're getting him on the cheap and they're like why are you so cheap and he's like because I, I drink
1: and he does he does drink
2: <laughs> that's fair to say
0: uh, the other thing that uh, Denzel Denzel Washington brings is his uh, religiosity That he, he brings a lot of his stuff but it, it, this was I think the first film that I was watching his where I really noticed it
2: yeah it even has that kind of like Christ-like ending where he dies for everybody yeah well, they, which kind of reminds me uh, oh we'll get into that
0: they give him the initials you know, his name isn't John in the other film. So now he's J.C.
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of a Jesus metaphor. Yeah. And it kind of reminds us of the story of when Jesus shoved a bomb up Judas's bunghole blowing <laughs> into the reins, you know. <laughs> Blessed are the that, pieces makers, you know. Yeah. I am say that's a scene that this movie misses,
1: where he just puts the bomb on top of a guy. I'm sorry, but shove it up the bunghole that's what i want to see that's what i'm paying to see scott glenn are yeah. at the gay porn theater <laughs> <laughs> we'll blink
0: well that's the other thing where he's he's threatening to cut the guy's fingers off I'm like well yeah do you know who didn't just threaten that denzel washington he's like i'm gonna do that yeah uh they do something in in the tony scott film which i think is interesting where they it's violent a lot of the time without showing the violence. One of the more effective movies I've seen do that. The movie's still violent and it's still a rated arm film. But when he's cutting the guy's fingers off, for instance, it's more the sound effect, and then you see blood squirt on like the windshield. You can't, you don't, But you don't actually see him do it. I'm like, that's pretty
1: cool. It, it works <laughs> yeah. in the movie. You're like, oh, yeah, I feel that. Denzel Washington is real mean.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a torture film starring Denzel Washington, who is legit scary here. I mean, he is very intimidating in the role.
1: Yeah, I think they bring kind of opposite things Glenn and uh, Denzel to that sort of that aspect of it where Denzel is scary like in the, in his gravitas uh, while Scott Glenn just sort of has that really intense face like the less he says the scarier he gets. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: he's also very like when he's yelling at the girl um you are like he's just fucking mean and then uh when when uh, Denzel Washington does it it's like okay, you get it. Like, hurt people, hurt people, that
1: kind of thing.
2: I mean, again, did Joe Pesci in the nineteen eighty seven one? Oh yeah, he's in this. Yeah,
1: one. I really like mm-hmm. that. I thought Playing he... the guitar. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: he shreds on Johnny B. Good. But
0: too much apparently for for everybody there. It freaked everybody out <laughs> how much <laughs> he was into that song.
2: Shreds
1: too hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your kids are gonna your kids are gonna love it. <laughs>
0: Turns out, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it turns out he their, their kids are getting to real scared by this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Joe Pesci, yeah, he placed the what will be the walking part in the, the yeah. remake, which
0: mm-hmm. is a it's solid idea, and it mostly it really actually only works really in the in the scene where he gets them the weapons.
2: Yeah, that's
1: fair to say.
0: Yeah. Some rolling thunder yeah. shades there
1: a bit of a wasted pesci almost especially but i do you know guess this one sort of came out before pesci became pesci yeah. in a way because he done he did, done not done raging bull in 1980 with his breakthrough but then it's around uh the lethal weapon 2 goodfellas home alone kind of triple punch that pesci becomes pesci yeah. mm-hmm. i guess and that's eighty nine ninety. So it's right before this one. So I think he was sort of in a in a slump, I guess. During I don't know a lot of Pesci eighties movies off the top of my head between like this and Raging Bull. It's also
0: a good role for Walken, where he gets to say. Actually, pretty much everybody in the Tony Scott film just they're just one line delivery units, and they get mm-hmm. to say awesome shit through the whole fucking movie.
1: Yeah, and it has a, a Brian Helgeland. Script. Yeah, that's what, that's what that Tony is. Tony Scott one. Well, no, it's just. And he, he really, uh, maybe not anymore. Now he's doing like Spencer Confidential and shit, but he did good shit back in the day. And he, I think he wrote, maybe he didn't write all of the Tony Scott, Nelson Washington ones, but he wrote at least some of them. He, did, he, he wrote LA Confidential. That's his big yeah. one. And he writes some smooth dialogue sometimes.
0: But his uh, creasy art is death, and he's about to paint his masterpiece. You know that? <laughs> you like that. So it's, yeah. good. it's good stuff.
2: Whoa. All right, so back to the nineteen eighty seven version. Did you guys think the ending was a little anticlimactic on the action front? I mean, it was satisfying for me dramatically, but did you guys expect something a little more in terms of action?
0: I was hoping for more because when they, yeah, when there I, is action in the film. It's it's great. It's kind of violent. It's got this nice chunky uh, grittiness to it that I really enjoy. That's, that's probably why I like this film more, but. It does not deliver cathartically at the end or um, climactically. You know, they, they just don't, it doesn't hit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, get, I wouldn't say no to like a rolling thunder a climax to this, but I do actually, I do love that, that cut and that transition when they, he's just going there and then they cut to that long uh, tracking shot that's played back at like 70%. It gives it like, it was really eerie. Ghosty feeling. I think that's a, it's a really great shot. But I wouldn't have minded if there was just a bit more of an action scene, a bit more of like a just a, some shootout there at that location, and then they make that cut. Yeah. Now, I mean, I feel like I gotta go go back and rewatch this one right after we finish recording because I feel you guys are making me appreciate it more more <laughs> already because I was not a fan of this one. Like this is ninety minutes, and I felt it. It was longer than the Tony Scott version, which no. is an hour longer. Because this is paste like paint drying to me. I, I, <laughs> so when I rewatched
0: the Tony Scott one, I just kept going. How fucking long is this? Yeah. So it's funny that you say that. It's,
1: yeah. Well, it was also just it really starts off at the wrong foot with the with the narration, which I think is the worst part of yeah. this movie. Yeah. Like it should not have that voiceover. That's like Harrison Ford in Blade Runner levels of. Like uninterested well, voiceover. He literally
0: starts out like,
1: "Yep, that's
0: me. I'm dead. Like, that's how the movie opens." No, you're, you're
1: too lively. You're too yeah. lively in your Scott Glenn parody. You gotta it back about fifty percent there. Yeah. Oh, I guess you wondered how I ended up here, and almost—that's almost, that's almost yeah. is, like record scratch. It's... But he's in a body bag. Oh, they should have done that. They should. They really shouldn't. Yeah, but.
0: well, honestly, they should not have uh, done... I, I, I pretty much disagree with narrative on almost any movie I watch. I'm like, don't ever do it. It's, it's, it's lazy,
1: yeah, it's I, bad, it's just... And also, it's so pointless in this, because they use it for the opening, and they use it like once more in the opening 20 minutes, and then they bring it back for the ending, in a way. Like, just, Then clearly you can cut it if if you have voiceover like through 90% of your movie and it's a, a, a thing that you're you're doing something with then okay fine but when you're just uh, we're just using it as a crutch for these three scenes and uh, fuck off then it's like uh, you, you just should have not done it and left it like a more a, a movie for the audience to work a little bit more yeah with.
0: I think another thing that, that uh, bothered me when I rewatched the 87 for film was the part where he Seemingly accidentally kills a couple guys when he's driving the truck. Like that should yeah he crashes yeah, into a he, bus yeah that should have been like on purpose like to show his his rage or something but it just it feels weird that it they play it like oops that that shouldn't happen just work
1: when he ramps the the car near the climax yeah. and like the camera like goes over to show you that oh yeah there's two dead yeah. guys here. I thought it was on purpose,
0: but I liked how absolutely disinterested he is in the, the opening, and that changed to the end when he's he's absolutely at panic, you know, beating his bare hands against the trucks at the end, the tanks at the end. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is a that that's a fucking arc of a character because getting to that point where he more or less is the father at that point, just absolutely you know blind to anything around him which they really could have played up because that guy's just like crawling around underneath the truck um they should have had him like walking right up to him and, and scott just not even noticing
2: hey that'd been something to see yeah. yeah
0: but then you know i don't know what they're doing at the end the very end uh, i'm the movie ends kind of ambiguously because like i said earlier where there's no catharsis it's you think like, what is this ending where he just walks up and he's like hi like are, are are you saying that that's not she's not even there like is this like oh this is like in his imagination where he goes and meets meets up with her again because he failed like that's what that's huh. what i was reading from
1: it honestly that's a cooler ending if you're oh yeah she died in the back of a truck and he did get mm-hmm. shot and i don't know because there's the part where they give him the new passport but then his name in the passport is literally Lazarus yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Talking about Bible, it's like okay, so they, well, they didn't drop the the JC part because the guy is uh, his name is Marcus Creasy in yeah. the books. So that is a change they made. Uh, but yeah, then but then they also name him Lazarus at the end. I was like, There's nobody in the world named Lazarus. Yes. Why would <laughs> buy that at a passport? And it's like the fake fake name, fake fake passport store names. <laughs> Might as well call him McLovin. Yeah. <laughs>
0: his name is He is Risen. So, he's just <laughs> Well, yeah, I um I don't know. I think I just I'm soft towards the the films from the era, so I like that. I like that what the director was doing a little bit more. Um when I I went like I said earlier, when I went and saw the Scott film, I saw that in 2004 and And I saw on the big screen. He was in the dark. And every time he was doing his bleached out, crazy shit editing, it felt like I was trying to watch a movie and somebody was standing next to me intermittently flashing me in the eyes with a flashlight.
1: (laughs) And I... I don't know. I wish the director of this, the 87 one, was doing just a little bit more. It's like really directed by some no-name director who's... You've never heard about his other yeah, I films. I went and like, looked,
0: and I was like, I don't know these. Apparently, he was a comic book artist. Be cool if
1: they. Yeah, if, well, oh, I wish that had shown more. Uh, I don't know. I just wish it was sort of a little more, a little more flashier in a way, or just a little. just had a little more to it. Yeah, I thought the. Eight I, night- I know. Oh, sorry. No, I was gonna say I know the because the two directors they originally wanted was Sergio Leone which I can't imagine this work. That would be twice as long as the Tony Scott version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wanted De Niro, but I don't know, he, he was basically this is where he was dead around this time, wasn't he? I mean, it, Sergio Leone must have passed around 87, 89, something like that. And the other guy was Tony Scott, who they didn't let give it back then. Who I guess made when it made vengeance with Kevin Costner instead.
0: Which actually is similar in feel, I think, to this.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's why I brought that one up specifically also. Which is weird, but they did, didn't think he was uh, qualified at that I guess, But he'd done Top Gun because at was like,
0: part. well, I guess it's I'll like, just go do a billion-dollar Top Gun movie. Don't worry about me.
1: No, no, he he came off Top Gun when they said he wasn't experienced enough to do Man on Fire, which is like, oh, yeah, you just made uh, the highest-grossing movie of the year. You're not good enough for this this, this tiny thriller we're shooting on in Italy, though. Like, that's too high, high a bar well, My for you. understanding <laughs> was
0: that when they wanted him, or when he wanted to do it, it was shortly after the novel had come out in
1: 83. Okay, okay. I thought maybe it was all... But I guess, yeah, if they wanted Sir Giulioni at some point, they sh- probably should have been looking at him, like, slightly before he was actively yeah. dying. <laughs> But I don't know. If, I don't know if Sergio Leone thought he was dying when he was dying. He was m- working on some some uh, other movies too. But I just can't imagine that, like Sergio Leone doing this like dirty little thriller when he's, like all these movies have just been running like seven hours for the last twenty. Years. Yeah, I don't see that. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna get get you in to do this little little dirty thriller here.
0: I don't see him in Green and do that. He, you know, his movies aren't really. Like, what was that? It was around the last one that he did around this time with, like. Once Upon a Time in America something he's not making airport thrillers like this
1: no Mm -hmm. and uh, like the stuff he was working on when he was dying too was like a Don Quixote adaptation and uh, another Civil War Western and uh, one about Leningrad and these were all like movies that were going to span like Years in time, yeah. mm-hmm. it's like so. He was definitely not be like, yeah. I think I'm just gonna just gonna pop down and do like a little dirty ninety minute thriller. Yeah, like he was definitely all into his i um, doing sprawling epics. Yeah. Thing. Do
0: I believe that some producer out there uh, thought that that would be a great idea? Yeah. I I even believe that the author of the book would have been like, yeah, that's totally who I'm gonna get to direct my little fucking tiny airport thriller here you know, just whatever. But, uh, I don't see that happening. It's just not realistic. I do think Robert Duvall and De Niro as Creasy could have worked, but I, I actually, I think that Denzel Washington like kills it. Honestly, I think he's the best iteration of the character, which is really funny. Yeah, that, I think he's great. Um, obviously they went in a different direction for the ending, but I was thinking about how, so many people um, recently there was a big hullabaloo with people saying the Equalizer films are like John Wick ripoffs. And I was like, no, he's been doing this shit for fucking 20 years.
1: Oh, I just noticed there that the guy who thought he could get Sergio Leone did produce Once Upon a oh. Time in America also, so I wonder if like <laughs> is that the guy? But then is that the guy who caused the movie to be like cut in America and bombed? And Uh-oh. then like Sergio Leone hates this guy and he's like, no, I think I can get him back. I have confidence. <laughs> I don't know which 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 like which producer is at the fault of the because he's the only American producer on Once Upon a Time in America. So I'm like. Uh, Maybe you're not reading the room here, my dude.
0: (laughs) So you just, in general, didn't like the 87 film?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted more, in a way. I wanted, maybe I just come into it with the wrong expectations. Just like when you hear, like, oh, there's there's an 80s Italian version of Man on Fire. Like, well, that sounds dope as hell. And then it was just like, hmm, this is a bit... Just, like,
2: meh? I thought it was pretty decent. Not great, but it does feel like a 70s thriller in a way, which is something that's very good. And um I like, kind of like the scenes at the beginning, you know, where he's bonding with the kid. Then he goes on his rampage of revenge. And, I mean, it's fair enough, I'd say. Not great, but it's watchable. Yeah, but like I said, I, I think I want to go check it out okay. again.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think you you're should. convincing. But I have seen it twice already and didn't like it either time. <laughs>
0: Well, that that said, uh, I do think the the bonding works better in the remake. I think changing her from being a track runner to uh, a swimmer is better. Although it does give us a weird amount of scenes that I'm not sure are actually happening, where Denzel Washington is submerging himself in bloody bandages (laughs) into the pool.
2: In like a public pool somewhere.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if that's a, a... a visual metaphor or not yeah I am not sure
2: about that either
0: yeah I kept because they would show him sometimes with his feet in the pool but I didn't know if he was actually just oh, I'm gonna get in here and let my blood soak into the pool a little bit <laughs> get some of that chlorine in there <laughs> but I, I have issues with uh, with Tony Scott's style in general I don't like the more and this is this one he's pretty light on it honestly but the,
1: he... Oh no! Okay, this is the one where he, he, he gets to it. This is when Tony's. This is the movie that introduces like Tony Scott late yeah. style.
0: Yeah, and and it's pretty light on it, honestly. It, 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 when it starts out with the titles and everything, it's going pretty wild with it, but the movie itself doesn't really go crazy with it. It's not like watching Domino or something. Or by,
1: the... I think Domino's the one that only one that really <laughs> makes it. Uh, further than Man on Fire almost but because Domino's that's the extreme of the Tony Scott light stuff
0: and so uh, for some reason I I remembered it being more wild and when I was watching I was like oh I'm pleasantly surprised that it's quite a bit scaled back from what I thought it was going to (laughs) be
2: Yeah, yeah. When I first saw this film, <laughs> sorry. When I first saw this film, oh. all I can remember from it are like the everything whooshing and farting around all over the screen, all the editing, and I can remember the, of course, the asshole bomb scene and yeah. the scene of Denzel attacking the motorcade with like his pistol, and that's pretty much all I remember from this film. The first time I saw it, and I thought it was okay, but it's a little better on the second viewing, I think.
0: Yeah, I I definitely enjoyed it uh, much more this the second time that I've watched it. It's weird to think that it was, uh, you know, two decades ago that I watched this movie. Uh, It doesn't feel that long to me. But as I'm watching it, though, uh, I was like, this is good. Um, uh, Washington is a fucking cool motherfucker in this. He's he's great. He gets to say all the the cold-blooded shit you ever want to say. Also, that line when he says uh, to Mark Anthony, he says, I'll snatch the life right out of you. I was like, is that where Seagal got the... A snatch every <laughs> motherfucker's birthday line. <laughs> Is
1: that what he's doing? Uh, uh, maybe. He's watching Man on Fire in his motel room the night before shooting. <laughs> That's a Cause cool I line. Because I guarantee you Seagal <laughs> like
0: watched this and he probably thought it was cool. But I don't know um, if he took that line from him. But if this is one of those kind of things that I'm like, yeah, I bet he thought he saw something like that and was like, I
2: want to do that. Is this before or after Out of Reach? Because that was kind of like Seagal's Man on Fire kind of movie where he rescues a child.
1: Uh, Out of Reach is 2003, oh. I think. is so. oh, That is
2: okay. right before
1: this. Okay. Actually, um, yeah, I think so. I think, it, yeah, I think Out of Reach predates Man on Fire by a little bit. All right. Don't forget. He also did
0: Under Siege 2, which is sort of that. Yeah.
1: But yeah, this is the introduction. This is the first movie where Tony Scott is sort of doing all, all more like erratic editing and starting with his under cranked fo- photography and a lot of stuff, which gives this like weird half slow motion, overexposed look to some shots. Uh yeah. It's uh, I think there is some there's some cool behind the scenes stuff from Man on Fire where you see how they shot like the kidnapping scene and there's a lot of cool stuff there actually where they're like because um, it sort of when you see it it almost feels a bit random but then it's actually like incredibly thought out how much they they did plan this in a way and they have this cool like 360 rig and stuff that they're shooting with and it's uh, if you do you, you, I don't know throw yourself on YouTube and Google man on fire behind okay. the scenes and see if you can find some of that stuff
0: I liked that both films yeah. did something that you don't usually see which is the the main character shoots guy, and then that guy doesn't die. In fact, almost mortally wounds and, and in effect, defeats the main character. In effect, that's how she gets kidnapped, is because one of the guys that he thought he killed is just laying there and is like, no, I'm not dead yet. I'm going to (laughs) shoot you again. And I I really like that aspect in both films. I was like, that's such a cool thing to do, because you just don't see it. Every movie, the the, the main character is just so good that he kills everybody with one shot, you know? Like, no, you probably should have shot me more than once. But speaking of...
1: Yeah, I was going to say this was... No, was this, speaking
0: of getting shot more than once, <laughs> damn, Jensen Washington, how many times did he get shot in this
1: movie? Five or yeah, six? A
0: lot. Six. He's like Michael Myers. the
1: <laughs> like got yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I was going to say this was the first Scott... Washington, but of course it isn't, that they did Crimson Tide like 10 decades before this one, but then uh, this one kick-started like uh, four movies in six I years that are,
0: Deja Vu and Unstoppable, what else?
1: Uh, taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. Oh, um, yeah. Which, uh, definitely, that's the weakest one, I have to say, but I, I enjoyed all of them. Oh, I think Man on Fire. No, Unstoppable's great, too. Man on Fire, Deja Vu, and Unstoppable are like great, I think, and then Taking Pelham 1, 2, 3 is like... It's okay. Definitely not as good as the original. Yeah, well, it's hard to beat yeah. that shit. That
0: movie ends on like a a cheeky look that that is better than most of anything in that fucking remake.
1: Yeah, the remake ends with a shootout on a bridge. I think <laughs> it's not. You no, know, it doesn't have like the cool gotcha ending. Yeah. and But it, it has some cool uh, cool stuff in it. But well, we're not here to talk about the remake of Taken Pelham One <laughs> Two Three. <laughs>
2: No,
0: but
1: uh, and you know, I I don't know
0: if I can if I can gush anymore though about just the all the cool shit that that people say in this movie. I just I love the talking up that his character gets, but it's mostly just those those one liners like uh you know you're yeah you when know, he's when he's forcing him, like one guy to look at the picture of Dakota Fanning and I mean just all that stuff. It's like oh this is great. It's great stuff.
1: Yeah, and we used to like. I wish, I wish you had yeah. more time. That seems oh, like that seems man. like a Seagal one. Just line. so cold. <laughs> Maybe Brian Halligan was watching a lot of Seagal yeah. movies uh, when he was uh, before he wrote this. I do
2: like the scene where he dumps like a, a car on a volleyball game, like killing twenty thousand high schoolers. Because like, every cuts the guy's <laughs> finger off, he like, he just like takes that car, shoves it off a cliff right next to a volleyball game, and of course, there's a nuclear <laughs> explosion.
1: I thought it was a football match.
2: I thought yeah, it, was
0: it was volleyball, Some kind of children's sporting event. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, here's a... It's like, oh, yeah, we just watched some guy die. Oh, yeah, I scored two goals, and then we watched some guy die and burn. Yeah. <laughs> but the most unbelievable yeah, the part of that of story
0: is that they scored two goals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Loaded cast on this one, oh, too. Oh yeah.
0: Well, both these films got pretty pretty nice casts. I think that the 87 one is more like... Surprising that there are people in there that you've heard of, or is in this one it's just like, oh, this is a there are no small parts kind of casting.
1: Yeah, because you got Walken who's is great. Love to see Walken. This is one of the last times someone gave Walken like a good part. I felt like where, where's my boy? He's Walken? gonna be the God Emperor, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> Dune too. Yeah, but it's like after this one, what did we we got? We like seven psychopaths and Adam Sandler's clique in the next twenty yeah. years the war with grandpa i never see oh yeah check that out one of <laughs> one of these days fire up more with grandma. <laughs> looking forward to it i don't know i just want more Christopher for walking but that's oh, i always want more Christopher for walking yeah you got Giarlo G, giancarlo giannini showing up there as a, as a mexican yeah
0: well he thinks uh, he's a transport but he's a he gets to sleep with rachel to uh, come, so he's he's winning. He's yeah in
1: this movie well, who can who can turn down that charming old Italian? Yep.
0: I <laughs> think his intro is he walks in and pitches. yeah, you got her Mickey Rourke Mickey Rourke, by the way, that whole thing I thought he must have been a a fucking hellion on the set because they just kill him off off screen
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize- I always forget that he dies. they're like they're just like, oh, that's why he died, I was like, wait what when well they did have
0: to died? show up they back just to remind you who he was. It's really funny.
1: I don't know, yeah, because this is sort of like in the weird Mickey Rourke semi-combat cycle, I guess. Yeah. Because it starts with Once Upon a Time in Mexico the year before, and then well, I guess it ends with about Iron Man Two. By that time, he's wasted all his his brief goodwill again.
0: But you know, it's 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 kind of too bad because he plays such a great sleaze ball, and the this which is also maybe to the film's detriment because you're immediately are like, I would not trust that guy.
1: Yeah, no, he did a lot of like really great like tiny parts around this time. If uh, you ever seen The Pledge with uh, with Jack Nicholson, Mickey Rooker shows up like one scene and he's incredible in it.
0: That, well, that was his MO at this era actually. So he would show up and almost kind of steal the movie in a way. He, he's He's one of the great wasted talent stories of Hollywood.
1: Yeah, for sure, wasting his yeah. own talent. <laughs> now he looks like he's wearing like a Michael Myers yes. mask. <laughs> and he can't take off anymore. <laughs> Jesus don't don't Google don't Google make your arc unless you want to have a really bad time. <laughs> he's like old as shit too. Now he turns like he's like what seventy, way past seventy. I don't know. I think so. I think he's he's older than I don't know. He's older than I think, but it, just because his face. Is so fucked up that you don't you can you cannot tell what age he is. When he when his goal was to be an ageless beauty, I don't think he meant like it's impossible to tell what age yeah. he is in like a negative way. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. That's enough for me shitting on Mickey Rourke. But I, I do get that impression
0: though that when I when I when they got to the death scene, I went, "Oh, he was a problem," and so they killed him off off screen.
1: Yeah, because like, there there is no death scene, is there? No, is there? They, they, no, he finds no? his
0: body floating headless in a pool.
1: Oh, like, right. they they're not. Oh, even, that's him.
0: Yep. They're not even gonna like like make a body double. They would nope, just cut his head off and say that's him. And by say that's him, they they he looks at the body and then they just do like a a crazy Tony Scott flash. And <laughs> he's like shows a scene from earlier in the movie that we saw but yeah. Creasy didn't. So we we're like, okay, that's
1: who that was. Putting the money away. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, because that's another. Like in the original, it is just a straight up uh, kidnapping thing. She's being kidnapped, and he wants to find her. And in this one, there there is there's a whole like a conspiracy element to it instead, really, where there's like the whole the kidnappings really just like a, a sham. So it's a double play to uh, uh, embezzle some money. Basically, yeah, to steal yeah. some of the like
0: kidnapping insurance money or something. But the other thing there that's that's weird about that is it is how, Creasy the character is. I think they say in this one he was an assassin, whereas in the other one he was a CIA guy.
1: So it, no, I I think that he's a CIA guy. He and Walken was like CIA. I thought they were assassins. Guys, together. No, they say like he he got 15 years of special ops. I think they looked yeah, at his he, resume.
0: Yeah, he's ex special ops. But uh, th- but
1: maybe he was really good at killing. Yeah, they do kind of. Well, he they literally use the word assassin
0: at one point. Okay, so that's that's what. But I don't know if that means if he was a government assassin or what. You know, while doing special ops, because I guess that's the thing. But the, my point is that, in uh, Scott Glenn's character is. is ex-CIA. So it would make sense that that character would know how to torture people and things. Whereas, but he doesn't, he's just a a killer by the end of that movie. So it's like they flipped it because Denzel Washington plays it as a character who tortures people and interrogates them.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some uh, Bush era influences here where they're making some some commentary about Americans going abroad and just torturing answers that they want to hear out of people. Yeah, use some 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 uh, allegation for no allegation allegory for for uh, Iraq and Afghanistan there.
2: Yeah, that's fair to say, but I almost feel like there's more torture scenes than action scenes in the um, the Denzel Washington one. It sounds it's more of a horror film than an action movie at times, but. I mean, it's still
0: a decent film. Well, I think what they're doing, and it's similar to what Stallone would do a couple years later or whatever in in Rambo 4, which is that uh, you want to hate these villains for what they're doing so much Mm -hmm. that you will excuse any torture that they receive, any pain. In fact, you'll root for it. That's, I think, the idea. Because You do, you're but you're like, Yeah, kill them, and shove a shovel bomb up that guy's ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the other thing is that's great is that he doesn't seem like he's gonna let any of them go until he finds out she's alive. Mm-hmm. Like his whole goal is to hurt them as much as possible,
1: yeah. And I think he says that too, yeah. Like, well, he's, he's gonna kill all of them, yeah,
0: yeah, and we kill everyone who was involved in this or something like that.
1: Superior attitude, superior mindset.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, speaking of that, he says that to Rhoda Mitchell, who partway through the movie puts on... She's an Australian actress, so I'm always kind of impressed with her, her her American. But partway through, she just becomes like southwestern or southern... Trash. Her just her accent completely changes, <laughs> and she comes a whole different accent.
2: Hmm.
0: It's pretty funny. If you're if you're American, I don't know, I, I, Brandon, I don't know if you noticed know uh, I didn't notice it. I mean, I didn't just, notice it. But maybe I'll go back and watch the movie going and try to. Very flat accent through most of the movie, and then suddenly she's just going. They took my daughter. I went here. like what was what happened. <laughs> The notes came in on the dailies, and they went, okay, now you're from Florida. I don't know. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. And Denzel Washington is just so brutal here. He burns down a whole nightclub to make a point. And, of course, the most realistic scene in the whole movie is, like, the drugged-up dancers and nightclub goers, like, cheering the burning of the nightclub at the end. Like, yeah, burn it down.
0: Well, it's uh, when he was walking out, and he keeps firing the shotgun in the air. Yeah, and and I was like, I don't think anybody would even move. And then, sure enough, yeah. people are like mm-hmm. barely moving. I was mm-hmm. like, they'd be like, yeah, and yeah, people are just going, woo, <laughs> shoot the ceiling. What are you doing? <laughs> and the place is on fire, and they're just like, yeah, this party's lit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that's the, yeah, that's what they're going for. And this this scene has a has a moment that's only in this version uh, where he saves another girl that's kidnapped.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which yeah. is
1: in. Neither the original nor the uh, Bollywood remake of this movie. <laughs> Actually, that's, they cut that part out. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get to the Bollywood version soon enough.
0: I, I liked that scene, but I, I mean, I think that's like somebody along the way maybe getting a little squeamish when they're writing the script. And they're going, this guy is a monster now.
1: I yeah. They him. gotta give him like a, a little like save the cat moment for him to be like, Oh remember, he's yeah he is all so good. Yeah. he doesn't kill that one lady. Yeah. Remember? <laughs>
0: <laughs> they they had to like wrap it together. they were like, So see women and children, they're okay. Otherwise, yeah, he's just a, a monster. Like when he goes to the, the house at the end of the film and the the guy's pregnant wife is there and and I'm going, Oh, is he gonna Threaten her, but he doesn't. He still want. So he has a some kind of code that I'm guessing is a rewrite. Because man, he is just not for that. Before that, before he finds out she's alive, and that scene, those those little bits tell me that somebody was getting squeamish in the script writing there.
1: Maybe. Yeah, and because I know the the politics stuff is definitely in there. Because I remember in the taking uh, taking a Pelham remake, that was also written by the same guy. Uh, there's a lot of uh, about like Wall Street and uh, financial crisis thing uh, in that one. So there's there definitely there's um, the overtly political scripts when he's writing his uh, Tony Scott action thriller. That yeah, makes sense.
0: It's funny that you say that because I hadn't. Um I didn't even think about it when I was watching it. You know, when we were watching Taken, and I was all about it, and that's separated by what like two, two or three years, you know. And so I was just like, oh, didn't didn't even realize, didn't even think about it until you bring this up now, and then I'm like, oh yeah, they are doing that. It's just like American rampaging around foreign country, hurting everybody. And all That's the the, the police are corrupt. It is it's very taken actually. Taken took some things from
1: this. <laughs> Should have taken more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I like I, I said before, uh, I think that there is a through line from from this, probably because of this, because of the way it ends, and they decided there's not going to be sequels. Um, even though there's like five books apparently they could draw from that they wouldn't know he's he's going to take this other property equalizer and do that
1: and Mm -hmm. i think well equalizer came out like what like eight years after this something
0: yeah so but i think that's his like progression i think if he hadn't they can killed off creasy which is sort of ambiguous but i think we're supposed to read that as him passing away at the end
1: yeah. Um, no, there's a there's an on-screen text oh, saying okay, yeah. Yeah, John like, Creasy died like March fifth, two right. thousand four. Oh I, yeah, I love that he was like, on, I was gonna bring that we up. As if you were watching a biopic. Yeah, I, was yeah, gonna I bring love that.
0: that. Up. I, I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, because when they they kill the villain at the end too, and I was like, oh, is this a reshoot? Like, <laughs> it's just so it's like three seconds. They and this guy gets shot. Like, just so you know, the bad guys were punished. Just so you know, don't, go, don't leave this film unhappy, audience.
1: <laughs> yeah, I
2: love that quote of like 1897 to 2003 John Kate Creasy. And it's just like, why is this here? He's not a real person. But, I don't know. <laughs> it's I exactly like... it. It feels like you
1: know, oh yeah, this is the real life story of John Creasy. <laughs> Absolutely lived. But, but I,
0: I really do feel that uh, he probably would have made sequels and so the next best thing is to just basically be this character again in Equalizer.
1: Yeah, because I guess instead of doing sequels, they just did more different movies together. Yeah. Like Tony Scott and Denzel Washington was like, ah, not sequel, but it's, it's just us again doing some other whack stuff.
0: Are you more into – did you like this more than you like, say, Crimson Tide?
1: I like Crimson Tide more than uh, this. Uh, it's a difficult one because I mean Crimson Tide was just so very different too was it's just a great movie but I that's like the one one Scott uh, Denzel movie that sort of doesn't fit in with the rest of them because yeah. it's just like a really straight up thriller in a submarine without any of the whack flashy photography and all the weird stuff but I mean Crimson Tide a great film uh, I, I hadn't really thought about it Uh I'm
0: definitely more Crimson Tide, but I, I really actually did like this movie a lot more uh, on this rewatch. Okay, that's good. That ending, uh, I think that the I, I, I like the idea that it's vague at first. You know, is he dead? D- does the villain ever get found out? Um, either way, the villain's life is ruined. And so I liked that. I liked the idea that he would be alive, but no, his life was taken from him because of all the shit he did. But now they're like, no, on that same day, it was just later in the day, they found him and shot him.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed this a lot more on the second viewing than I did on the first viewing. The whole like farting editing didn't really bother me as much this time, and I kind of got involved in the story, and I had a decent time.
1: Yeah, I think the, the, the trick is to, to watch Domino first and then go watch man of fire right afterwards you're like oh yeah this is this is this is nothing it's really dialed down
0: quite quite yeah, nice I, well i don't think i will ever like I, I disliked what was going on visually so much in domino that i don't know if i will ever revisit it unless you force me to mm-hmm. for this podcast <laughs> but <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah i remember i was like i can't keep going to this guy's films if he's going to be doing this shit (laughs) I can't do it
1: no and I think Domino's the one where he was like oh yeah I think I did it a bit too far so then they railed it back in for like Deja Vu again which I think I think Deja Vu is probably my favorite of the Washington Scott at least like the the late late era Tony Scott ones okay I think I like that one more than uh, Man on Fire even which is the one where he time travels to stop a well, he does not sort of time travels to stop the terrorists blowing up uh boat in New Orleans.
0: Okay. So tell me about the Bollywood version.
1: Yeah, so this was the thing is that after watching Man on Fire on the other day, I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll, 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 I've been grabbing some, um, some Bollywood movies from online to watch some Sheru Khan and some Amita Batra and stuff. And I just finished downloading this one called Ek Ajnabe, and I was like, oh, I'll throw this on for fun afterwards, which is, I guess, sounds weird to be like, oh, I'll chase this two-and-a-half-hour movie with another two-and-a-half-hour movie, but that's how my brain works sometimes. And I'm starting to watch it, and I'm like, this looks very familiar. This is, what is this? And then it's like, oh... Oh, this is a shot-for-shot shot remake of *Man on Fire*, because it, <laughs> it came out in two thousand five, and that's it's just the same movie, shot for shot, shot by shot. Much less, um, well, uh, no none of the flashy editing, of course. Uh, none of the undercranking. Emir Bachchan is like way too old because he's much older than Denzel Washington. He's, I think, he turns eighty-eighty-two this year, and Denzel Denzel's like seventy, so he's a decade older. And I mean it's the same movie, basically, with some changes. Um like the walk in character uh becomes a it's is young and he's um there's a soldier that served under Batran. Uh, and it's set in Thailand and it's shorter than the Tony Scott version actually, which is weird. You never see a Bollywood remake that comes <laughs> in shorter. Adds, like two musical numbers. Nice. And uh, he kills a lot more, actually. And it does. Um, cause this is the thing that the Tony Scott version doesn't do: is there's like there's no flashbacks. Even the Scott Glenn version has a couple of flashbacks, to like just him running through like and carrying a child, I think, in the Scott Glenn one. But is n- no flashbacks at all for Denzel Washington being in the military. And this one has um, a lot of flashbacks. Well, it has a some brief flashbacks and then later it they give it a whole like uh flashback sequence where you're like oh this is how they know each other and blah 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 and uh yeah stuff like that uh, shot some children in the war uh, by accident and that's why he's he's now drinking and you even have because he has the same same he has scars on his hands like Denzel washington and she asks about the scars like in man on fire but then in this one they have to give you a flashback where they show an evil general like, stomping out cigarettes on a Mithobatron's hand. So there's like origins for the weird scars. I didn't um, think
0: that, yeah. that they did. So that's one thing I, I didn't remember um, Denzel Washington explaining where those scars came from, but I remember Scott Glenn explaining what happened. So I think they just don't tell you in the Denzel Washington one.
1: No, yeah, he just says like uh, uh, something like I just hurt my hand or something. Birth defect.
0: Yeah, because she goes, she, defect, whatever yeah. he says, he's like it's 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 this, and she goes, no, it's not.
1: Yeah, that that happens here too, where he's like, oh, it's uh, from my childhood, and he, she's like, no, it's not. Huh. And then, but then you get the flashback show, and of course, it has a, an additional twist, I guess, in that the in this one, it turns out that the walk-in character is the mastermind behind everything, and he's the bad guy. And then instead of dying at the end, he pulls out two guns and shoots everyone, and then you get a <laughs> flash forward to 15 years later when the guy, the girl is now a swimming champion, and there's something where she has a new bodyguard, and I didn't get this if this was like something where they were introducing like a new Indian action star in like 2005 or whatever to be like, oh yeah, this guy is, uh, he's going to, carry on the torch from from Mitha Bhatran, who was I mean he was in his 60s at this point and should stop doing action movies so I don't, I don't know I didn't understand what the hell that uh, there's like a cameo at the end that I think is completely lost on you unless you're like really into Indian movies specifically from that time but yeah so it's a, it's a weird one does it have the bomb with the poop shoot scene and uh, he's like oh I sh- oh. Uh, yeah because he because the villains are from Thailand. He has to speak English. So he's like, I sh- I put a bomb up your backside. And then he, um, when he says the word ass, it's censored. It's bleeped up. <laughs> he can't say ass. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's there, yeah. And it blows up. The guy blows up. And, um, yeah, he just kills some more people. and Because there's flashback to him killing people in the war and some other stuff. So he has a higher bod- body count than uh, Denzel. But, yeah, I just I had no no idea I was
2: watching Man on Fire, a remake, right after watching Man on Fire. That's funny. I can't compete with that, but one time I watched the Alfred Hitchcock film, Psycho, on the day that it was set. That's as close as I can get to that. That's December something or another, by accident. Some, some...
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I think one thing the Scott film does really, really well which I didn't realize the first time I watched it, but this time I really took note of it, was from the moment Dakota Fanning's character is kidnapped until the bridge scene, you do not see her. There's not really any real indication that she might actually be alive.
1: Yeah, it's completely absent from the film, which was something I noticed this time too. was like, huh, she really just... just, just dropped out of this movie for like two hours almost
0: yeah and it actually works yeah. to the benefit where the original film like i said has just no catharsis um that is all catharsis when she runs across the bridge and hugs him and like, that is fantastic that really works
1: yeah because also mm-hmm. the movies use about the same time building up to the kidnapping scene am i right in saying that yeah so i would like, say so happens 50 minutes into each movie maybe and then it's just like the Tony Scott version takes an extra hour on the whole vengeance part, which I guess it's, it sort of makes sense because it adds this whole big conspiracy that he has to like gradually uh, learn about. Yeah. So it doesn't. he can't. He can't be as fast because there's like only like only like really two scenes in the Scott version where he sort of goes out and beats up information about. People and then that, especially the gay porn theater scene, which is, which is great, just the equivalent of the car scene, I guess in, in uh, in the remake.
0: Yeah, I'd say so because in particular he talks about cutting the guy's fingers off. So I was like, okay, so the, you know, they're definitely that's what they're going for. And Helglund yeah saw, saw that and went, well, let's actually have him do that.
1: Yeah, and this one, uh, well, this one, I say, like we're talking about. <laughs> that didn't, that specified it. No, but yeah, the, um, God, I lost my train of thought here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, in the Scott one, there's no, in, in the Scott one, there's never any, like, doubt that, okay, she's alive, and there's no, the, the father isn't involved in it to get, uh, steal the money or anything. It's just, it's very straightforward compared to, like, the twisty, turny. Events that happen in uh, like the back end of uh, the Scott version no uh, the Tony Scott version,
0: I thought that was pretty dark with the father, <laughs> and he just gives him a gun to kill himself, and then like five minutes later you find out that she's alive or whatever and, or you know however mm-hmm. long later, you're like oh shit I probably didn't need to do that,
1: <laughs> well, I think that's still like he 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 did do that to her like he did he was he did. Give her up for kidnapping, so he should kill himself anyway. Yeah,
0: it's a pretty reckless plan. I mean, he he really was like, oh yeah, they'll just these kidnappers will hold on to her, and then they still do yeah. even after. It's very strange that they they hold on to her anyways. I think they say like a month goes by.
1: I mean, just don't don't trust uh don't trust never trust Mickey Rourke
2: which are what he says.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: he, like I said when he, when he shows up you're like you would never trust that man
2: and going back to the bridge scene when like Denzel reunites with the kid he just rescued and he hands her her diary I thought he was handing her that Linda Ronstadt greatest hits there at first I was like why are you doing this Denzel she doesn't need to listen to like It's So Easy right now but I guess it was her diary and where he wrote that like I love Creasy over like 10,000 times like The Shining or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a and bit weird. Yeah.
1: She's she's a bit obsessed with him. I don't know, maybe kids are like that. I haven't mm-hmm. been a child for a long time. So
0: Well, uh, her <laughs> parents are pretty disinterested seemingly in being around her. So she gloms onto the first person and and she knew the last yeah. guy by name, by first name. So
1: yeah, and that's something that happens in both versions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, that she very clearly the, there was a relationship with her and the old uh, the previous bodyguard, where they had a where he also had like a, a close, like father like relationship to her.
0: Yeah, Well, she also uh, she knew all the staff? They, they're when she's training in the pool, they're all cheering her on. They're the only people. Her parents don't go to her swim meet. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't get what what does her mom do and why is she never. There. I don't. She that, doesn't do anything from I what like... I can tell. And that's why it's like, why, why can't she not just spend time with her daughter? Then
0: there's a weird that's... part in the movie where she she goes, uh, "Oh, tomorrow after you drop her off, you need to take me to my hair appointment." And he's like, "Okay." And then that scene never happens. <laughs> You're like, "What the yeah. fuck was that about?"
1: Yeah, because I was sort of. I, wonder, I remember watching it this time. I was like, "Okay, there's something." That's when the kidnapping happens or something. But no. It just oh, no, that that's that's twenty minutes later, so not related. And uh, there's, I don't know. It it feels it feels like she and Denzel Washington should be having an affair in this movie, and they just didn't put that part in. Well, yeah, that's because they also made him like a God-fearing Jesus man.
0: It. I think that there might have been something in there originally. Like I said before, she keeps coming into his room, and each time she comes in, she's wearing a sexier outfit.
1: Yeah.
0: Like now I'm not even wearing a bra. What's going on? Just in in your room talking to you. <laughs> My pop star husband is not taking care of business. Uh it's just like it's very weird. <laughs> but uh I couldn't find anything um when I looked uh to find out if they'd even talked about sequels or uh I'd, I couldn't find anything. Because I'm wondering if yeah. if originally he wasn't gonna get in the car and kill everybody, and then they would have done sequels. But then they decided to go another direction. I don't know. It's been, the I, the whole production of this movie is sort of a mystery to me. Maybe, so maybe I will try and track down some behind the scenes stuff.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know what the books are about. Like how how the sequel books work up. I know that there was a. Uh, Netflix was supposed to start a do a Man on Fire series based on the first two books, and then maybe adapt the other three later if it was successful. But I don't, I, just, I haven't heard about any updates on if there's actually going to be a Man on Fire show or what. They yeah,
0: probably will. They got that Reacher show on Amazon, so they're probably wanting to com- um, compete a little bit.
1: And then we'll be funny then to see if they. Would they cast the character? Would the actor they cast for the Man on Fire show basically would they they cast based on the success of Washington, or would they go back to the source
0: and mm. get Scott Glenn back?
1: Well, I mean, just like because now people think of that character as you know Denzel Washington in a way, so would they cast a black actor oh, to follow I see Washington, or would they go back to the like the novels where they where the character clearly is, uh, I guess, a white guy? I don't know. Which way, like, would they, where would they lean heavily, more heavy?
0: I know that the books came out in the 90s, or the or the sequels, I mean, but the original film was, like, early 80s. So there, there was a decent amount of distance in between, so they could theoretically do something with a show like that, where they just reference the original film. Or the the concept of the original film. And cast an older actor. Hell yeah, bring back uh Denzel Washington. I'd watch that.
2: Oh yeah. to
1: bring back, back Scott Glenn. <laughs> Who's... Well, <it's> pretty...
2: <laughs> yeah. I was looking to see how old he was and nobody knows. There's like a four year like range of like dates where he could have been born in that nobody knows like, when Scott who Glenn was born. Why is Scott Glenn? Yeah. yeah. It's like nineteen I don't know. Don't ask me. It's like nineteen thirty eight to nineteen forty two or oh, something it's like, like oh, that.
1: I, I he could be ninety years old, we just don't know. So well, he
0: was in he played stick and did yeah. well in, in uh the Daredevil show. Yeah, he's okay. just a that violent one blind swordsman.
2: Oh yeah. Like blind fury. Yeah, it's,
1: it's,
0: and he's pretty good in that. So he could do it.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. they really they just list a date and there's no year. They're like, oh, I don't know when he's born. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, there's like a a footnote, not a footnote, but like a, um, a little note that says, "Well, we don't know when he was born. It could be 1938, 1939, 1940, 1941,
1: 1942, 1933. We don't know. <laughs> Why did His they know this? Like, so feels like <laughs> someone
2: should know when Scott Glenn was born. Like
1: when he got
0: high, when he gets hired for a job, <laughs> do think. they not have a fucking driver's license? Like, it. <laughs> I mean, what is going on?" <laughs>
1: It's, it's, it's just <laughs> says, uh, like the project lesson just says like the date and then just four question marks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he, <laughs> he but yeah, I don't know what else to say. I think the movie's good. I think, I don't know if I would call it like a modern classic or anything, but I think it's pretty solid overall.
1: I think it has that status among people. I think it's, it's held in very high regard by people my age at least and sort of I don't know, how popular is it over there? Like, here it's on TV, like, all the time. I swear, like, three or four times a year, I can just catch... I do feel like... Catch uh, Man on Fire on TV. And we, well, we have a lot of fewer television channels than you do.
0: Well, I feel like a lot of people have seen it. And that says something. You know, uh, my wife's seen it more than once. You know, it's that kind of thing. Where everybody seems to have seen this movie somehow. So, it's definitely... Been a cable stable or something similar, uh, and and Washington has a yeah. pretty broad reach.
1: Yeah, Washington's uh, well, is charismatic and people love him. And uh, uh, I think because the sort of people came into got into um, Tony Scott, late era Tony Scott, a bit late in a way. Almost basically, you know, after he died, Tony. I feel Tony Scott's just. Since his uh, passing, has just kind of like risen in estimate among among people. Yeah, and I think this this one is really held. When I looking at like my my mutuals on Letterboxd, I'm seeing it's a lot of four stars and above from uh, from my mutuals. I think it's held in fairly high regard now.
0: That makes sense.
1: Of course, there are there are the occasional like two two stars also. I'm not gonna. I mean, every every movie has something, and while well, nobody loves every movie
0: well i think you get to that like for me i mean i was really enjoying it and that very last like three seconds where they went and the bad guy died too don't worry about it like that (laughs) that really like bothered me (laughs) i was like what the fuck was that um because the rest of the movie is so (laughs) solid that it's got things in it that I'm like, that seems weird. You know, like we're talking about the mom, um, was there an affair scene? Um, and then the, uh, Mickey Rourke, maybe having a death scene. I mean, I don't know. They're just, they're moments that feel like they were sliced out of this already pretty long movie. So, and then they shove in the last three seconds, a little like, no, no, no. The bad guys were punished. So I, I yeah. get it. I I, I get why somebody yeah. wouldn't like that. It didn't, it didn't affect me to that level, but I was like, what the fuck <laughs> when it got to the end. So
1: yeah, I just, I just turn it off right before that. Yeah. over time, pretended it wasn't there. <laughs> it, it does. Um, yeah. It's a bit, well, like, I prefer if it was more of a downer ending, I guess, but that's, What. but yeah, no, it's got a healthy 7.7 on, on IMDb, which is about the same as taken, I think, which I think is a, a much less accomplished movie with, uh, I'm sorry, but also Denzel Washington is so much better than Liam Neeson, I think. Uh, is in in this, and then he is in in Taken. Well, I'd say, Um, like,
0: there's two really good Liam Neeson scenes in Taken, and there's probably, like, I don't know, 10, 12 really good Denzel Washington scenes that I think would probably, like, if I had to compare these two guys, right, like, neck and neck, (laughs) Now Denzel Washington is just like cooking, Neeson.
1: Yeah, he's underplaying it really well, mm. uh, and also just I'm not distracted by his terrible hair dye job the entire film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's like the th- of the last 24 years, it's like the the third highest rated um, Denzel Washington movie on on IMDb. Huh. The only two that score higher are. Uh, remember the titans and american gangsters. Jeez, i don't know why i don't i don't know totally that's the scott brothers supremacy up in there
0: yeah you know if i'm comparing those two you know, the, the scott brothers um what they did with him i'm gonna go with tony scott and i generally like ridley scott movies more
1: well what do you think about boas yakin then i love him <laughs> okay i did he did he did he do safe yeah Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah,
0: I love that guy. He did, uh, I think, the Punisher in the, the eighty-nine one as well. So
1: I didn't direct no, it. But I think
0: he wrote it.
1: Okay, yeah, no, he wrote uh, no, because he directed. Uh, Remember the Titans. Then I've no. Which I don't know. That's uh, okay. Movie. I don't know. I'm not into American football, so it's hard for me to like rate that movie very highly. I,
0: I watch American football because my wife's into it, but I. I don't typically like it, but I do really like football movies, so, (laughs) you know, they got me there.
1: There's actually only three um, Denzel Washington movies with a higher rating on IMDb than uh, Man on Fire. I should have made this a quiz for you, but now I've given you two of the answers (laughs) already.
2: Is it Training Uh, Day? Training
1: Day has a 7.7 like uh, Man on Fire. So I think this would, I, I'm assuming, the one that has, uh, the, yes. Oh, Glory. say your favorite Denzel Washington right. movie, I would assume. Yeah, I
2: love that yep, movie.
1: that's it. Glory and uh, the uh, two I mentioned previously. Those are the, the only three that have a higher, higher score. Huh. huh. A lot of other 7.7 stuff.
0: I guess Man on Fire just sakes that American desire to hurt people. Hurt foreigners. Yeah. Well, there are a few things that we like more than um, punitive justice in this country. It is a weird thing. Like you, you talk about people going to prison. It is not uh, a correctional attitude. It is always like, no, they need to suffer. <laughs> Which is why it's very weird that one of the other most popular films of all time is The Shawshank Redemption.
1: yeah and I mean in this one they kind of do like oh yeah he's got the bible Jesus said God said it's okay for Denzel Washington to go and kill all these people it's righteous retribution
0: (laughs) but yeah um I don't know I think so if I I didn't watch the Bollywood one obviously but
1: it's on YouTube if you want to watch it I might check it out but it's uh yep slightly shorter I and uh the same movie, I'd, exactly
2: the same movie.
0: I recommend people watch both of these films.
2: Um, yeah, I think I think a Denzel Washington one is slightly better, but they're basically neck and neck for in way different
0: mean. reasons. Which is weird.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I definitely prefer the Denzel version, and I uh, mean, but I'd, I'd still say yeah, check out the original one. It, it gives you something something different.
0: Yeah, they're way different kinds of movies, but yeah any final
1: thoughts yeah check out the the places yeah check out the discord places, and the website the Patreon. <laughs> uh email us on all of bg if you want to know something if you have any questions and uh, i don't know if you ever checked that email brenton <laughs> maybe someone emailed
0: nobody's us. nobody's given us any of the answers we required
1: where are our <laughs> korean <laughs> porn experts please Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Have a good day.